Let's stand together. Mark chapter number 6, verses 7 through 12. And he called unto him the twelve, this is Jesus. He began to send them forth by two and two and gave them power over unclean spirits. Commanded them that they should take nothing for their journey, save a staff only. No script, no bread, no money in their purse. Be shod with sandals and not put on two coats. And he said to them, in what place soever you enter into a house, there abide till you depart from that place, and whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear ye when you depart thence, shake off the dust under your feet for a testimony against them. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in that day of judgment than for that city. And they went out and preached that men should repent. Cast out many devils, anointed with oil many that were sick, and healed them. I want to preach this morning on this thought. I was doing some more reading here in the book of Mark. I preached there Wednesday night in the first part of this chapter. Continue on to read this week, and the Lord began to deal with me about this. Christ paired them up. He sent them out by twos. And Christ prepared them. And he did it for a purpose. When I preached on that thought this morning, he paired them up, he prepared them, and he did all this for a purpose. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for allowing us to be in your house. I thank you for every song that has been sung. Everything that has happened so far on this property has helped me, it's encouraged me, it's strengthened me. We pray, Lord, for this next few minutes of time that your spirit would be real. And speak to us through your word. Make it personal for each one that is here. Thank you for all things. Thank you for your goodness. Speak to hearts and we'll give you the praise. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And thank you for standing. When I begin to study this pairing up, it's, it's a very important thing. See, I, I was studying the word pairing, where you take two and, and you put them together, as Christ did here with his 12 disciples. And when I was studying the word pairing and prepared and purpose, I was studying those words that goes along with this text. There was another word that come up, and it said impaired, impaired. And I believe the reason, I, I know the reason that Christ was pairing up these men together is so they would not get impaired. See, because when you get impaired, it means to make the worse. And what Jesus wants to do is he wants to pair you up with someone that will not make you worse, but will make you better. The word impaired means to weaken. Christ does not want to pair you up with someone that will make you weaker. But Christ wants to pair you up with someone that will make you stronger. To be impaired means to be less or to be worn out. Christ does not want us in our lives to go through this journey with people that wears us out and causes us to be less. But Christ wants to pair us up with people that will give us strength and help us to be more for his honor and for his glory. So we see as I was studying this, the pairing of these disciples. There's a proverb that speaks of this. It's Proverbs 27 and 17. 
You know this. It says iron sharpeneth iron. So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. When I begin to think of this pairing, these, these two that are joined together, we could apply this in a lot of different areas in our life. You could apply it spiritually as people that you serve the Lord with. You could apply this to friends that you have that are very close with you. Uh, you can apply this to husband and wives and wives and husbands. But may I say to you, it is very important that we see this pairing here. There are several examples in the Word of God. I'll only mention a couple and then we'll get on into this. We know of a man in the Bible by the name of Jonathan. That I truly believe that God sent someone along beside him, David and Jonathan. I read of a lady by the name of Ruth and Naomi. I read of the Apostle Paul and a young man by the name of Timothy. And when I just begin to think on the pairing of people that Christ has put together, I think what a blessing it is. I'm standing here today and I think of me and my, and my bride, my wife. We just celebrated an anniversary of 34 years. I'm thinking it's a great thing that the Lord has paired us up together. The Lord has put her and I together for a purpose. It was just the other day I was talking to her and I said, you know, if, if this situation was to happen, this is what I'd say. I do that a lot. If you ever do that, if this comes up or if that happens, and it usually never does happen. And she told me, she said, well, if that happens, you don't need to say that. And I said, no, honey, if it happens, I'm going to say that. She said, no, I'm telling you, if it happens, please don't say it. She said, because you don't need to say that. How many of you are thankful you got a wife that tells you just don't say it? Amen. Amen. Now, my daughter... Is fixing to get married to Jackson Bell. If me and her was married, we'd done killed each other a long time ago. Because we are so much alike, amen? But I'm thinking how important it is, this pairing, this putting together of two people that Jesus is fixing to do with his 12 disciples. Here in the book of Mark is not the only account that you'll read of this scripture. You can also find this in the book of Matthew chapter number 10. Now I want to share a thought with you and we'll move on into the message. In Matthew 10, 1 it says, And when he called unto him his twelve disciples. And then in verses 2, 3, and 4, Matthew's gospel gives their names. It's the same account that we're reading here, but Matthew adds the disciples' names before Jesus begins to send them out by two. And this is their names. You know their names, but I'll remind you of them. The first one that is mentioned is Simon, who is called Peter. The next that is mentioned is Andrew, his brother. And then it says James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas. And then it says Matthew, the publican. And then it's James, the son of Alphaeus. And then there's one called Thaddeus. And then it says Simon the Canaanite. And the twelfth one that is mentioned is Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. When I begin to think of Jesus that is fixing to pair up, he is fixing to take these twelve men, 
He is going to put them together in twos and he is going to send them out into all of the cities and all of the area around them. I thought about it like this. Some of these men we would consider rocks. Some of these men were doubters. Some of these men was hated. And some of these men, or one of these men, was definitely a betrayer. These 12 men, Jesus is fixing to pair them up. And may I say to you, it is a very important thing who you get paired up with. As I began to study this, I thought to myself, well, one of these disciples is going to get to go with Peter. Another one of these disciples will go with Thomas, the one who was such a doubter. Another another one of these men will get to go with Matthew. No doubt about it, Matthew being a publican or a tax collector, there was probably a lot of people that hated him. But then there was one of these other disciples that was going to get paired up with Judas. I thought to myself, that is very interesting. So then as I was studying last night, I came in to the living room and my wife and daughter was in there. And I asked this question. I said, I'm getting ready to preach in the morning on the 12 disciples and Jesus paired them up two by two and he sent them out. I said, which one of them disciples would you want to go with? Without, just like me, this is just like me. Without even thinking or considering anything, my daughter says, I'd want to go with Peter. Well, I looked at my wife and the personality that she has, she just sit there and stared at me. And I waited, and I waited, and I waited. She never gave me an answer because she was thinking about it. She was considering it. Who would you go with? If Jesus said to you, I'm going to send you out with one of my disciples. I'm going to send you out with one of these men, and you're going to spend the rest of the weeks together. And what you're going to do is, is you're going to go around and you're going to preach the gospel. Which one would you want to go with? As my daughter cried out the name Peter, I thought it was very interesting because that was the very disciple that came to my mind. Oh, man. Ain't no doubt in my mind. If I was going to get paired up with any of them guys, I'd want to get paired up with Peter. Well, then I began to think about that a little bit, and the Lord began to deal with me about it. Oh, yeah, he might have been one of the strongest of the group. There's no doubt about it. He had the strongest personality of all 12 of them. He was very boastful in what he thought, and he would tell you in just a minute. And if it got a little crazy, he wouldn't care a bit to cut somebody's ear off. Amen? But you remember this. He was the very one that when danger and difficulty come, he was the very one who said, I don't know that man. I don't know who he is. Yes, Peter, his name simply means a rock. But Peter also, when things got hard, was the very one who denied Jesus Christ himself. So I would say to you this morning, whoever it is that you are pairing yourself up with is very important. Whoever it is that you eat lunch with is a really big deal. Whoever it is that you associate with and run with and hang with, whoever it is that that you say to yourself, man, I love being around this person. 
I love being around this guy. You ladies who say, I love hanging out with this girl right here. I mean, we are friends. We are tight. We're like sisters or we're like brothers. I'd say to you, who would you want to go with? As I began to pray that prayer, I said, Lord, I don't know. Now that I'm really thinking about it and I'm really considering all of the details of this thing, who is it that I would really want to be around? Who is it that I would really grow from? Who is it that I would really, uh, iron sharpens iron. Who is that person that, it, that I could pair up with so that it would help me to be a stronger man of God, not a weaker man of God? And this is the answer that the Lord gave me. The one that I pair you up with. Did you hear that? The one that I pair you up with. See, if I'm standing here today and I look across this congregation of people, yeah, there's, there's several people in here that I'd say, oh, I'd want to go with this one, or I'd want to go with this one, or I, I'll tell you what I'd do if I was going to spend a month or two months out on the mission field, or if I was going to spend six months out spreading the gospel, I'd take this one and this one and this one and this one. And the Lord dealt with me and said, no, the one you need to take is the one that I would want you to take, not the ones that you would want to take. See, the Lord has a plan and the Lord has a purpose. And the Lord knows how to put people together to get His work accomplished. And I really got to thinking about it, and I was even talking to Joe a little bit about it before Sunday school. Really, if you really got to thinking about it, I could probably only take Peter in small doses. If you really get to thinking about it. I don't really know that I could hang out with Peter every day for more than the dark. I mean, I would have to look at him and say, hey, Peter, the Lord didn't send us out here to kill people. He sent us out here to preach to them. Amen. Who is it? The people that you are pairing up with. And everyone in the building has someone. Are they helping you? Or are they hurting you? Are they strengthening you? Are they impairing you? Are they causing you to be weak? Or are they helping you to be strong? Are they, are they, are they sharpening iron? Are they, are they when, when you're around them and when you fellowship with them and when you hang out with them, are they building you up spiritually or are they tearing you down? See, because this pairing is very important. It's very important. Because Christ always has a purpose. And if you get paired up with the wrong people, there's some people that's fired up for Jesus. You got paired up with the wrong people and you're not fired up no more. There's some people you know that was faithful to the house of God and they got paired up with the wrong people and you don't even see them at the house of God. There's some people that was reading their Bible at work, then they got paired up with the wrong people, and you don't even see them with a the Bible anymore. There's some people that love their husband and love their wives, and they got paired up with the wrong people, and now they act like they can't stand their spouse. I'm telling you, who you get paired up with is a big deal this morning, child of God. It matters. It matters. It matters. 
Are you listening? It matters this morning. Make sure when you get paired up, you get paired up with who Jesus wants to pair you up with. Sometimes I get to preaching like this and you folks get so quiet. I don't know that if I've killed a spirit or you're really listening. I hope you're really listening. Amen. Because to get paired up is important. It matters. In the book Pilgrim's Progress, <laughs> I've been there. And so have you. Amen. That's just the way it is sometimes. In the book Pilgrim's Progress, there was a man that was by the name of Christian. He got paired up with some people. One of the people that Christian got paired up with was a man by the name of Faithful. And one of the people that Christian got paired up with was a man by the name of Hopeful. Because in those times when Christian's life He was not feeling very faithful. Mr. Faithful come along beside him and encouraged him to be faithful. And in those times in Christian's life where he felt like he was losing hope, Mr. Hopeful come along beside him and encouraged him to have hope. Are you with me this morning? We see the pairing, but next I want to look at the preparing. Now, preparing is very important because if you're not prepared, you're going to fail. And if you're not prepared, there's no way you can do the task that Christ has in front of you. So there must be some preparing. I remember not too long ago, my daughter come to me and her mom and said to us, I have a, not a calendar, it's a, it's a countdown. And she come in there and she said, come in here in the bedroom and look. Come in here in the bedroom and look. And I went in the bedroom and here was some numbers. And it said like 215 or 219. And I said, what is that? She said, that's how many days it is till I get married. And I said, well, that's an eternity. I said, 200 and something days? Well, her and my wife and others started getting prepared. Well, just the other day she come in there and she said, it's under 100 days. I said, that's forever. Well, the other night she said, It's 11 or 12 days. And I said, what? It's it's here? And my wife has said to me, I wake up sometimes in the middle of the night and I feel anxious. I'm like, what for? There's nothing to feel anxious over. Well, I woke up last night and I felt anxious. (laughs) And I'm like, Is that happening this weekend or next? And it hit me. I thought, this thing is coming, ready or not. And I almost woke my wife up and said, are we prepared? 
because I've not done anything to be prepared. All of a sudden, it hit me how big of a deal it is. Are you with me? How big of a deal it is to be prepared. And we see right here in this text, Jesus paired them up, but now he's preparing them. Look in Mark 6 and verse number 8. And commanded them that they should take nothing for their journey. (laughs) Take nothing for your journey. I begin to think, Lord, how are you preparing them to take nothing? Don't take an extra pair of clothes. Don't take no extra sandals. Don't take any money with you. No bread. Nothing, no, nothing with no pockets in it because you're not going to need pockets. Hey, if, if you want to take something, you can take a staff. You can take a staff, you can wear your sandals, and you can wear your little robe. But other than that, that's all you get. Well, when I read this sometimes, it troubles me because I'm thinking they're not prepared. How can they be prepared? And then I go on, and I'm reading this. In Matthew chapter number 10, he says, I'm sending you as sheep among wolves. And he says, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And then he says in, in Matthew 10, beware of men because when you go in the synagogues, they're going to they're gonna scourge you. And he says, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, you're going to be brought before governors and kings. And he said, whenever that happens, don't worry about what you're going to say. Because I'll give you the very words that you need to say when you need them the most. And he said, what I tell you, that's what you're to preach. And what I whisper in your ear, shout that from the rooftops. I'm thinking to myself, Pastor Jason, me and you are getting ready to go out on a missionary journey. And Kela says, what are you taking? And you say, nothing. And Tina says, what are you packing? And I say, nothing. And I say, do you have some messages prepared? And you say, no. And you say to me, do you have some messages prepared? And I say, no. And our wives say, well, what are you going to say when you get there? We're just going to say what the Lord tells us to say. What are you going to eat? Whatever the Lord gives us to eat. What are you going to buy? Whatever the Lord gives us the money to buy. In other words, when I study about this being prepared to go and do what God's sending them to do, you know what he was teaching them? Hear this. This is how you get prepared. Not just to go out two by two, but this is how you get prepared for life. You ready for it? It's deep. Some of you ain't going to like it, but it's a fact. You know how you get prepared for life? Trust the Lord for everything. (laughs) Trust the Lord for everything. Trust Him to take care of what's going on today. Trust Him to take care of what's coming up tomorrow. Trust Him with your kids. Trust Him with your grandkids. Trust Him with your marriage. Trust Him with your job. Trust Him with your friendships. 
Just go ahead and say, Lord, I know you're preparing me. And through life, there's been some hard things. But through these hard things, I can look back on them. And I see that you're preparing me and getting me ready and getting my mind together so that I could trust you with everything in life. You with me? Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. He goes on and he says, don't fear those that can kill your body. He said, fear those that can take your body and your soul. That's who you fear. He goes on and he teaches them. He said, every hair on your head is numbered. He said, I care for you. He said, if I care for the sparrows who fly, how much more do I care for you? You're a child of God. Are you hearing me this morning? Please don't be distracted. He said, I'm preparing you. I'm getting you ready to do what I'd have you to do. And what is it that the Lord wants us to do? If your Bible's open, turn with me to the book of Matthew. And let's look at chapter number 9. The book of Matthew, chapter number 9. I was looking these verses up in my chronological Bible to make sure that everything was in order because I didn't want to preach about all that I preached about and then take the scripture we're fixing to read and it be way out of the timeline. But it's not. It's, it's in perfect order right here from Matthew 9 into Matthew chapter number 10. See, this is the purpose, church. Verse 36 But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then said he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. See, this is the purpose of this pairing. See, this is the purpose of this preparing. This is the purpose that we do not get impaired. Because if we go through this Christian life and we get weak and we get weary and we get wore out, we'll look around and we won't even realize all the things that Christ has put around us. See, the Lord has a purpose for you. And the Lord has a purpose for me. And the Lord has a purpose for his pairing. And the Lord has a purpose for his preparing. Little did I know that when the Lord saved me, he was going to pair me with a lady who loved Jesus and would be able to help me through all of these years of serving him. Little did I know that when the Lord paired me, he was already preparing my wife. Although her mother and father had separated and divorced, she moved in with her grandparents, and her grandfather was a pastor, and her grandmother was a pastor's wife, and she lived with her grandparents for several years before her and I got married. Little did I know through even the hard things in life, when I look back on them and I see 
valleys and, 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 and mountains and struggles and, and storms in our lives, I am seeing it now clearer than ever that through those times, the Lord was preparing us for a purpose in our lives. Please hear that, child of God. The Lord don't make any mistakes. The Lord knows exactly what we need. And even in the hard things that was caused by sin. That was caused by sin, Pastor. Even through sin in others' life. It don't say that all things are good, but it does say that all things work for the good. And God can even take bad things and work them for good things in our lives because He's preparing us for a purpose in life. Do you hear that, child of God? Before the foundations of the world. Now, don't, don't get messed up. I'm a whosoever believeth pastor. Before the foundations of the world, the Lord began preparing us to get us to this place for His purpose. You think that gospel tent just happened by accident over here in this field? That gospel tent didn't happen by accident. Brother Roy, you think the day that me and you crawled in the back of a vehicle and rode to Mitchell for a football game, how many ever years ago that's been, you think that was an accident that that happened? No. It wasn't an accident. Jackson, I know you hit the basketball floor. You hit your head, went into a seizure. You could have died. And it was awful. But God can use it for the good. Are you hearing me? I know my wife had triple node breast cancer, and I know it was bad. 18 weeks of chemo. But looking back on that, if I, my preacher friend told me, said, don't ever go through anything this hard and not learn something from the Lord. I can stand here and testify that during that time, all that we had was the Lord. And through that time, He was preparing us and getting us ready because there's going to be... Other ladies in this church that was going to go through the same thing. Are you hearing me? It was all. Looking back on it, it was hard. It was awful. It was bad days. Sleepless nights. But through it all, God was preparing for a purpose. I'm going to say it again. God don't make no mistakes. He paired you up. He's preparing you for a purpose. There's a purpose for your life or you wouldn't be here anymore. All I know is this. God, you're in control and I'm not. And all I know is this. There's a lot of things in life I feel like I have to have. But really, all I have to have is Him. If we've got Him, honey, are you with me? I don't know if you noticed it or not, and it don't matter to me if you did. The other service says folks up here in the altar praying. Now, my wife, come up here on the platform. It worries me sometimes because a lot of you don't know who my wife is. 
Me and my wife was eating Mexican one night, and this young girl from our church came walking by and said, hey, preacher Keith, and looked at my wife, and she was like, and she run back to the table and said, Mama, the preacher's eating with some woman over here. Preacher's eating. And it was my wife. She just didn't know it was my wife because they, they don't see us together much. The other service, God was moving. And my wife come up here to the pulpit and put her arms around me. And she was crying. And I didn't know what she was going to say. And she whispered this in my ear. She said, thank you for being my pastor. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I just about took off. I probably should have. Because God knew that I needed to be paired up with someone that would not impair me, but would help me and strengthen me and help me to be what God has called me to be. And he's preparing us and he's placed us and he's placed you. Miss Gina. So here we are in this service with this message at this time. Why is it that just all of a sudden these young men have started sitting on this front pew? Why all of a sudden have y'all started doing this? I'm going to tell you men something. God has paired you up. God has placed you here. And God is preparing you because he has a purpose for each and every one of your lives. Just like the next row, and just like the next row, and just like the tenth row, and just like the back row, and just like the balcony. He's put you here for a purpose. He wants to use you. Think of Brother Zach, Miss Sierra. God paired you, and then he prepared you, and then he sent you. And then you got out there, and you found out what in the world's going on. I'm going to tell you what was going on. He let you see that all that you needed was him. Then he sent you back. We could go on and on and on, right? This family, heartaches, hard things, struggles in life. We could go on, right? Hard things, heartaches, struggles in life. We could go on. Brother Doug, my goodness, brother. All of preparing. I can't imagine. I can't imagine all of the preparing. And now he's, he's placed you. Are you with me? Could we say this as she begins to play, Lord? Thank you for opening my eyes this morning and let me see what you're doing in my life. So now, Lord, help me to look back on things and realize that you are preparing me for a purpose. Lord, Lord, remind me of my purpose. Show me what it is that you'd have me to do. The fields are white and ready, the harvest. He said, but the laborers are few. He said, pray ye therefore that the Lord would send forth laborers out into his fields. There's a purpose for you. He's placed you. He's preparing you. He's he's paired you up for a reason. It's time.
It's time. It's time, Lord.